This is the happy hour. You guys want the happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. <laughs> Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. Happy Tuesday. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Rico joining you guys as usual. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's the day? Uh... It was going great, and then it got even better because Buffalo Wings and Rings I mean, my goodness. brought us some delicious food, and I've been chowing down on it slowly but surely through each break. Well, so I'll be honest. I refrained from the lasagna that was being offered at Memorial Stadium. You stayed away from those? I stayed I, away from the lasagna. Dude, the lasagna I, is the best. I hit up. I did get a salad. I, I got a salad. <laughs> what, and you then, to uh, or something? Well, I mean, somewhat. Uh, but no, I not because the lasagna didn't look good, but then I thankfully got bailed out because I saw Mark's tweet of Buffalo Wings and Rings coming down here. You were like, oh, and I was like, yeah. okay, there's no, there's no escaping it today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat poorly like I do every single day. It's funny because Terrell had just ordered food and he was like, I need to cancel oh, my order. No way. He's like, I need to cancel my order. He couldn't cancel it, so he got to eat twice. He got double lunch. <laughs> he did. He got double lunch. I almost, I, I did have double lunch yesterday. And maybe that's why I thought, eh, maybe zero lunch is the way to go today. Double lunch, zero lunch, It all, zero it all lunch, just e- lunch. equals out, I, I would hope. Yeah. Um, as always, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, and the Sarder Heyman text line are both open for you guys the entire show today, as well as the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 951. So we definitely want to get your guys' thoughts. Um, now we can really start to talk. It feels like over the course of the last, I don't know, week and a half or so, there's been a lot of whispering about Michigan and and whispering about the the biggest matchup that Nebraska's probably going to face this entire season and Mm -hmm. how it's this Saturday's game at 2.30 p.m. But nobody really wanted to talk about it outwardly because... Well, Nebraska's not that type of program that can look past the Northern Illinois or Louisiana Tech for that matter. So now that Michigan is here on the horizon and just a few days away, I want to I want to ask the text line this 402-464-5685. What are we most concerned about? We heard from Marcus Satterfield. We heard from Tony White today. There's a plenty of stuff that they uh, mentioned that we can we're going to definitely dive into quarterback being number one, probably mm-hmm. right off the right off the jump. But, I mean, what are you most worried about? Is it, I mean, just to throw a couple out there outside of maybe the obvious, one that I'm thinking about over the last 48 hours or so is how good is this defense? Because if you think about Nebraska's opponent, and this is not me trying to be a Debbie Downer or trying to be negative and and before, so if you're going to text that in, don't even worry about it. Yes, you are. But being honest with ourselves, look at the the defenses that Nebraska's face. Mm Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, the offenses rather that Nebraska's face. And I sit here and go, unfortunately, Nebraska's defense is really good. We we know what we're going to get out of Nebraska's defense. They've bailed Nebraska and their offense out a plethora of times through four games. But if Michigan, who 
to this point, hasn't necessarily looked as dominant as I think a lot of us thought they were to this point. Against very poor competition. Yeah. If Nebraska can go out and shut them down, or we're sitting there at the end of the third quarter saying, hey, Nebraska's in this game, you and, and why? Really, Michigan really hasn't gone off. And and why are, why are they in this game? It's because of the defense, which I think Nebraska would be okay with. Mm-hmm. Then I think we're going to learn a lot more from this team. This defense, I think we all coming out of Louisiana Tech necessarily felt relatively the same mm-hmm. coming out of Louisiana Tech to where it's like, all right, yeah, we we went into this game hoping that we would learn a couple, a couple more things about whether it's the offense, whether it's the defense. But you kind of just like escaped that Louisiana Tech game happy with a win, mm-hmm. but looking deeper and trying to pull, you know, the layer of the onion back, it's like, all right, what do we really know? And I, I think there was a lot of people that were sitting there going, and myself included in this, like, yeah, you didn't really you didn't really go away from Louisiana Tech feeling all that confident. I mean, nonetheless, Nebraska I mean, did get a win. If you and if it's two they're two and two. If you looked at it, if you looked at the game as a whole, you looked at the statistics, and rules said yesterday, you know, sometimes statistics can be misleading or they whatever, can, yep. whatever you want to go with. Um, against Louisiana Tech, they did what they had done against their previous three competition and held them to under a hundred yard rushing. Right? That's that mm-hmm. that was that was the goal. That's what they did. Passing wise, passing defense wise, still a little suspect. Nebraska wasn't wasn't too uh, too good in that aspect against Louisiana Tech, who. Out of the four teams that that uh, Nebraska has faced, has the second best passing offense of the four. Colorado being the first. Now, if you go back and you look at, um, and again, I'm just going to go with statistics because you know numbers. It's what we can point to. You look at the statistics. Minnesota technically has a better rushing offense than Michigan. Now, if you go back, Minnesota didn't run very much against Nebraska. You could say it's because they chose not to, or because Nebraska's defense put up such a good wall against the rushing attack of the Golden Gophers that they went to the passing game. Colorado has the worst rushing offense in the country. Look mm-hmm. that up. 130th out of 130. The worst. Yes. So that's not a surprise there. Northern Illinois has a top, I think it was a top 75 rushing offense. Again, Nebraska did what they were supposed to do. And, and now Michigan with the... 49th best rushing offense. Mm-hmm. Their passing offense is a little bit better. That is going to be, you know, if you're looking on the defensive side for Nebraska and you're looking at a, at a place where you should be worried, I don't think it's the rush. I don't think it's the rush defense. I don't think that they're going to hold Michigan to 80 yards rushing, but I think they'll be able to hold them in check enough to keep themselves in the game unless Michigan's passing offense does what they've kind of done for some of this season. Mm-hmm. And pass for a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns. I, th- I think also there's a part of it where Nebraska, yes, allowing 1.9 yards per carry um, on the ground or 1.8. I can't remember what it is right now. Uh, te- statistically, the number, the best rushing defense in the entire country. Now, what is important to note also 1. is 8. that 1.8. What's important to note as well is that there were a lot of times against Louisiana Tech where Nebraska was playing a inexperienced quarterback in Jack Turner. Mm-hmm. Jack Turner, uh, the playing against an inexperienced quarterback that is. And I understand college statistics; they they incorporate sack numbers, but Nebraska didn't sack Jack Turner once on Saturday, multiple times. Where Jack Turner, the Louisiana Tech quarterback, could have kept it, 
and hurt Nebraska's defense much more. Definitely should have. Right? So there were a couple bailouts there. And I, 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 I'm so hesitant on how and very careful on how I'm talking about this defense because this is the group that Nebraska fans have somewhat rallied around. And rightfully so, because if you compare the two groups between offense and defense, Nebraska's defensive side of the ball is absolutely the best or the better of the two. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's important to put into perspective that they're not, they have not faced a gauntlet or a, a type of opponent such as a Michigan with a two-headed running back, uh, just a, a dominant running back room of Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. However, and also a much more mobile quarterback than they've probably faced all year in J.J. McCarthy. I would say Shadour, but he didn't. He doesn't run. He didn't choose to run. He, he didn't, didn't have a rushing to. touchdown. Yes. He didn't need to. Um, but on the other side, on the other side of the coin, a little coin flip, Michigan hasn't faced an opponent like Nebraska yet. Their their best opponent is Rutgers. And, you know, you could say over the past couple of years, Nebraska-Rutgers is yeah. going to hurt you. Kind of similar. Not very good programs. But Rutgers is the best opponent that Michigan has faced all year. Not ranked. Not not a world beater by any any stretch of the imagination. Nebraska has Minnesota, a conference opponent, who I, I lost to Northwestern, but still. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, a conference opponent. And Colorado, who was in the top 25. Whatever. They got spanked by Oregon. Whatever. Still a very good offense and a decent-ish defense. Um, so on that on that end of the spectrum, Nebraska has faced better competition in their early stretch of four games than Michigan has. They are possibly better, better battle-tested this season than Michigan is. Mm-hmm. You go back whatever seasons, Michigan has more, but that's we're not talking about that. We're talking about this season. So on that end of the spectrum, Nebraska's stats up against a Minnesota, up against a Colorado, to me, way more than Michigan's against an East Carolina, a UNLV, or a Bowling Green. And Bowling Green, J.J. McCarthy threw three picks. It's It's the only three picks of the season that he has, but still, three picks against one team, uh, and it's a group of five team. It is also important, though, to remember that they've beaten those teams the way they sh- they should be beat. They have, they haven't allowed more than ten points, I believe, this nope, year. They and they've scored over thirty every single time. Three, seven, six, seven, and they've scored thirty, thirty-five, thirty-one, thirty-one. So there you go. But you look at Nebraska outside of the Colorado game, hasn't allowed more than fifteen points. Mm-hmm. And for a for a very paltry offense, and again, it's the two. Uh, they they've scored 10, 14, 35, 28. Again, two group of five teams in where they score over fifteen points. But again, their defense outside of Colorado. Yeah. 10, 36, 11, 14. I think there is there is something to be said here um, as well on the offensive side, right? And we can bring the offense into this conversation too because Nebraska, they're, they're going to need, um, because I think it's important to look at this entire picture here because Nebraska's red zone defense, um, if you have not heard, red zone defense, they're tw- they, they have allowed scores 100% of the time mm-hmm. when the opponent gets into the red zone. And we, we've we've talked about throughout the last couple of weeks. We want to see Nebraska get to a point where they take balls away. Yes. Where they force a turnover, whether that's punching out a fumble, whether that's force, you know, jumping a route and be and maybe taking a gamble, but picking it off. Mm-hmm. Right. It feels like at times Nebraska has not been able to force turnovers. You look at the turnover that they got on Saturday. 
against Louisiana Tech. Sure, you take it. I'm not saying to drop it. I'm yeah. not saying don't take it. Don't be happy with an INT. But it feels like at times Nebraska is not necessarily the aggressor when it comes to taking the football away. For a team that is tackling at a much higher clip than they were last season, they have yet to force and recover a fumble. Mm-hmm. For a team that is swarming to the ball, as well as Nebraska has this season, and we can all agree that that's been happening. And it's it's gotten much better than last year The gang well. tackling has improved immensely. They have yet to force and recover a fumble. You're getting three, four people to the ball. You should have one person trying to punch that thing out. You should have had at least one by now. So Nebraska's defense has uh, had 12 possessions. And then once again, this is Nebraska's defense. 12 possessions in the red zone. They've allowed 12 scores um, as well, which is tied for 122nd red zone defense in the country. Now, part of this is because the offense has put them in some disadvantage, uh, you know, disadvantages uh, in the in the in the red zone to begin the drives, or even at times short ends of the field. Mm-hmm. But Nebraska, once again, twelve defensive possessions in the red zone and twelve scores have been the result. Seven of those are touchdowns. Five of those are field goals. So if you want to take it with a grain of salt, and to some extent, there's multiple drives where Nebraska's defense has been backed up, and they forced a field goal. They did that against Colorado. They did it against Northern Illinois. They, they've done it multiple times where this defense has stood, stood tall. And absolutely, you have to take those victories. But with it all being said, that's where it plays on the offense. Mm-hmm. And whether the quarterback is Heinrich Harburg or Jeff Sims, the mantra this week and for the rest of the year, for that matter, has to be the same. And it's got to be take care of the football. Because Nebraska has made up some ground in the turnover margin category. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. But you still have this overarching cloud and just this really, really doom and gloom feel about whenever your quarterback throws the ball, Mm -hmm. whoever it is. And Nebraska does not have the ability to be one-dimensional and say, hey, we're going to run it right down your throats. Nope, not against Michigan. Because unfortunately, part of that also is that there hasn't been a whole lot of urgency in these last two weeks from the offensive line. And so you see how kind of all these things are connected. And once again, somebody texted in. I believe this was uh, uh, Thunder or Notorious B.I.B.'s. Nick is super optimistic today. And that's not that's not what I'm trying to get at. Like, I'm not trying to be this, once again, Debbie Downer. And by Friday, I'll probably pick Nebraska to be right in it till the end. Because there is, there is, a, there is a recipe for that. There is a route to a Nebraska win or close loss. But it's covered with branches and you're going to need to uncover it, and it's going to take a little bit of work. The The easier path is definitely a uh, what Oregon did to Colorado. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. definitely that's definitely the path that a lot more people see. It's an 18-point spread between Nebraska and Michigan. I think the over-under is at 40 right now. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska's not being given much of a chance in this one, but if they can find some semblance of a passing game, I think that they can stay in it. If you look at what Rutgers did to stay in the game for what was it? The the first half? I think it was fourteen to seven at halftime. Yeah. 
They ran the ball, they controlled the clock, and they played really good rushing defense, r- running defense. So those those are things that Nebraska can do. The only problem is the way that they have such a good rushing offense is when their quarterback runs the ball. Yeah. Now against a Michigan, those runs to the outside, those runs to the boundary, that's not happening. This is well, a much faster defense than the four that you face. And that's that's one thing I, I think it's interesting that you bring that up, Rico, because that's where I kind of wanted to go. Nebraska, on their offensive side of the ball, and you can in, include the quarterback in this discussion, they might not have the athletes right now in this time and place, the guys that are ready to play, the guys that are out there, the ones that are healthy. Mm-hmm. They don't have the guys that can move side to side in the blink of an eye. They can't take one step and cut. So the side-to-side game, the East-West game, is not going to be beneficial for Nebraska this week. Mm-hmm. Because Michigan does. That's just that's just the difference in programs. They've got a pretty fast linebacker in the middle, too. And Nebraska will eventually, hopefully, potentially get there in a few years. Maybe when a guy like a Malachi Coleman, like a Jalen Lloyd, a Bryce Turner, a Jaden Doss, those quick guys that they've brought in this offseason are ready to go. Then we can talk about it. But in terms of like, you think back to even just years before, there's not a guy on this team, unfortunately, or on the offense that moves like a Wandale. There's not much of a guy that, and even Gabe Irvin wasn't necessarily that type of guy. No. And so you need both of them. You need those incredible athletes, but then you also need the bruisers. And Nebraska may have more bruisers, but now they just got to figure out how to put it all together. They need to find somebody that can be maybe not an incredible athlete, but just an athlete. Like that's the, that's the thing is you have plenty of athletes on the team, but they need to be athletes. You need to, and this isn't to say go out there and do something crazy and make a play, but you need to make a play if you want to win against a team like Michigan. You need to, and it's dangerous and it could cost you. You need to jump a route. You need to try and strip the ball. You need to make some people miss in the open field. I also think like that type of that type of play this week. In certain situations, that's how you're going to find yourself in that game in the final minutes. Is it's going to be these gamble plays. Because at the end of the day, Nebraska's margin for error is so small. It's so thin. And it's even dwindled more now that Nebraska's had some injuries that they're going to need a couple things just to fall their way. Mm -hmm. But at once Nebraska whether this is the offensive line we're talking about, whether this is decision-making, whether this is gap integrity on the defensive side, whatever it is you want to you you know, categorize this as for the certain conversation, you're going to need to just force it to happen your way. You need, you need to be in control at some point of some of these bounces. You need, obviously, the luck plays a factor into mm-hmm. it and the way the ball bounces and, and decision-making from J.J. McCarthy, that all plays a factor but at some point, you got to just go do it on your own. The coaches can do so much, but at this point, at some point, the players got to take it. And I, I mean, Jay talked about it on the post game show on Saturday. At some point, for the offensive line speaking, you got to be licking your chops rather than all right. Yeah, we're going to see what happens here. You got whether, whether it's Northern Illinois, whether it's Louisiana Tech, or whether it's Michigan, the test is going to be tougher. Mm-hmm. But the mentality should be the same. You got to line up and punch somebody in the mouth. Like you can't you you can't just sit there and just and go through the motions anymore or or you know continue to you need to line up 
and use use all of those muscles that you've been gaining in the offseason. Use the 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 I don't know, just everything that you've been learning from from Donovan Riola in the offseason over these past two seasons as an offensive line, and you need to put it all together. Because there are so many glimpses and flashes of how good this offensive line can be, but there's a lot more of how many problems this offensive line has. Well, and this is a, this is a, a good place to maybe go to break after we we bring, bring this up. Gator texts in 464-5685. Gator says this, ultimately, if we do what we've been doing, it's going to be a long day. Our defense is good, not great, and our offense hasn't proven that they can sustain drives long enough to score or just to give the defense a break. And Gator, I mean, I was talking to, I can't remember if you were talking with Austin and I, Rico, but I was talking to Austin about this yesterday. Like, there's a there's a way that Nebraska, they, once again, taking the small victories. Mm-hmm. They need drives that obviously result in points, right, football? But also, somewhat take a victory in a drive that lasts seven minutes and you get a field goal. Mm-hmm. Or six minutes, and maybe you have to shift sides of the field, and you punt it, and you you reverse the field. You you pin them inside their twenty. Like there, there's going to be ways because if Nebraska goes into the half here on Saturday down fourteen ten, fourteen seven, seventeen ten, if it's basically a one or maybe even a two possession game, Husker fans are going to be sitting there going, "All right, there's some positives that we can take out of that." Why? Mm-hmm. Because if you are within a possession of a Michigan at half, you're saying Nebraska's either forced turnovers and and or held on to the ball. They haven't made bad decisions, penalties, right? They've allowed other teams to make mistakes. And also they're sustaining drives and they're playing their type of football. Mm-hmm. Nebraska can very well find themselves and keep the energy in the stadium, which I think is a big piece of it. Keep the energy in the stadium if they're if they're down by one possession at half. Don't forget what this stadium was like a couple years ago when Michigan was in here. Nebraska should have beaten Michigan You're right the last there. time they were here. Now Michigan absolutely beat the brakes off of you last year, 35-3, to in a game where Chubba Purdy started, and then Jared Sinek came in and actually looked like the better quarterback of the two. Now, obviously, through the injuries, through everything, the margin for error, the likelihood, maybe it's a little slim. But there's a recipe here to say where if Nebraska wants to reinvigorate what they thought can happen this season into the minds of Husker fans, a performance that is either respectable or results in a win is a great way to start it. Mm -hmm. Because I think after this Louisiana Tech game, Nebraska fans came out of that going, well, yeah, you felt good that you got the win, but do we know a whole lot more? No. Do we feel, feel good do how we, you got Do the we win. feel great about the way Nebraska won? Maybe not. No. But also, I know there's fans out there that are saying and cursing me out in their car right now, going, "Nick, we, we don't we don't have the ability to to say you know to be disappointed with how we won." And I, I, that's valid, hundred percent. I get it. Authentic. I just think at some point, um, Nebraska, they're going to need to find a way to somewhat take control of a game that they're not supposed to take control of. Right, because we Nebraska, I should say, they took control of the Northern Illinois game, rightfully so. 
that Louisiana Tech game, despite it not feeling the best, there was not really a whole concern at the start of the fourth quarter that Louisiana Tech was going to come back into that game. But now, let's do it against Michigan. Why can't Nebraska do it against Michigan? Or why can't they do it the following week against Illinois? I mean, if you look at the previous, you take out the group of five games, the Colorado game, up until half, well, up until coming out of the tunnel mm-hmm. at halftime and starting the third quarter, you felt pretty good about how Nebraska was playing. You felt like, you know what? They're right in this. They just fixed two things. Yeah. They're right in this. They're, they they well, might have a lead against Minnesota the whole time. You're right there. Well, and that's what was so disappointing. I mean, we can revisit conversations that we had prior to Minnesota even. And it was one of those things where I remember sitting here the week or day before Minnesota, Rico, and we were having the conversation um, about, listen, there's a way out there that Nebraska may, may fall to Minnesota. But if Nebraska loses to Minnesota, it's going to be because they, they beat themselves. There's such a thing, I think, this week. And Nebraska fans are smart enough, they're passionate enough, they're under, somewhat understanding that if Michigan was to beat Nebraska on Saturday, they wouldn't necessarily be surprised. I think a lot of Husker fans, for where we're at in this coaching tenure with Matt Rule in just year one, understanding that, hey, it's a pretty lengthy contract and that he's going to be here for the long haul, Mm -hmm. they would then ask the question of say, all right, how did they look? What did Nebraska do to allow Michigan to win 38 to 24? Or how did what did Nebraska do to allow Michigan to win 28 to 20 to 21? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, right? But with that being said, there's a way that if Nebraska loses by a possession and Michigan just plays a better football game than you, same thing can be said for Saturday, for Illinois, for Northwestern, Purdue, all the remaining opponents, where you just tip your cap and say, okay, you were better than us you beat on us. two plays. But man, Nebraska fans, I think it's I think we're all tired of feeling like the Notre Dames this week. Mm-hmm. To where it's because of us, you won. We look at the Minnesota game. Because of Nebraska, Minnesota won. Because of Nebraska, Colorado won. You didn't get beat. You beat yourself. Exactly. That's so it's what the, Nebraska it's the old wants to slash has to avoid. And and Notorious BIB brings up a great point. And this will be the last thing before we before we go ahead and send it to break. Notorious BIB says Saturday will be a true test of our grit this year. If the defense can continue to stop the running game and make them a one-dimensional team, we may have a chance to beat those schmucks. And with that being said, like, once again, there are things that you can take away from games like this where Nebraska is technically a pretty, pretty big underdog. Yeah. And maybe rightfully so. I don't even think it's technically. They just are. You can take away, and this is going to pain Nebraska fans, smaller victories. <laughs> and I'm not saying drive by drive, but there's a way, guys, that unfortunately Nebraska doesn't turn over the ball. They have fewer penalties, and they still lose. And maybe that's just because there's a lack of there's there's fewer athletes on the field than there are on the other side wearing maize and blue. Maybe that's the case. But Nebraska's got to just take care of what they can control. It's the same thing we say every week. And that's where it's like you would have liked to see them do this maybe more so against Louisiana Tech, maybe more so against Northern Illinois, and then obviously Minnesota as well. Take care of what you can control, and you'll you'll eventually catch up in the athlete department. It, we've seen it to where 
programs around the country just a few pieces away can add quickly and get better even faster. In the blink of an eye. But so Nebraska's there. Nebraska, the energy is going to be there in the stadium. But it's also up to Nebraska football to keep that energy in the stadium. Because if fans are leaving halfway through the third quarter, it is not going to look good. It hasn't looked good. We know that. But the only way Nebraska fans are leaving in the third quarter is if there's not respectable football going on from the home side on Saturday. So there's a lot on the line. A lot on the line. Um, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline and the Sarder Heyman text line. Both open for you guys the entire show today, as well as the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Allo Channel 951. Huge thanks to uh, Buffalo Wings Rings again for bringing us some lunch today. Uh, I know we're we're getting texts from Jay Foreman in our group chats. He about, keeps asking, "Hey, is there, there, are there wings here? Are there still wings?" Jay, and if you're listening, there are wings. There are wings. Come on down, Jay Foreman. But nonetheless, a uh, huge shout out to to Buffalo Wings Rings. Come on down, get yourself some some mill coffee as well. Eleventh uh, and O Street's the place to be. Come say hello to us and grab yourself a cup of Joe while you're here as well. We'll go ahead and continue this conversation. Um, get you some some reaction from what the coordinator said today because we got a little more insight on the health of both quarterbacks Heinrich mm-hmm. Harburg and Jeff Sims and uh, just the rest of the groups because running back I, I saw when I asked earlier what the concerns were somebody American Nightmare says he's concerned about the running backs Aren't um, we all? let's talk about a couple of those rooms wide receiver as well um, let's kind of flip the script to the offense I guess in this situation so 402-464-5685 just general thoughts on Saturday's game against the blue team from Michigan as uh, the Wolverines come in ranked. There's, are they second in they the country second still? In the country. Second in the country as well, um, going up against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We'll dive into all that and more coming up next. You're listening to Happy Hour. Shout out to Empire Fence and Netting for their support as well. We'll be right back on 93.7 The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 